your job's on the line here and you don't know it yet. Consider this your fair warning. We talk fast, we move fast, we swear fast. So if you're listening at 2x speed, you may miss some content, but you also miss the F-bombs. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Holland. You're listening to Ask Your Workwife, where every week we answer your questions about how to get more out of corporate America. Hi, Workwives. This is Amy. I've been trying to convince my manager since the beginning of last year that I need an associate to help me manage a giant database. That's the majority of my job. It's a lot of nitty-gritty detail stuff, and I just don't have the time for it because I'm managing the data and the users plus the administration of it all. They did bring on another team member for about six months, but she was on my level and she didn't report to me. She was incredibly helpful, but she moved to a different position in a different department, and now I'm stuck managing the whole thing on my own again, and I still need help. How do I ask for help again? Annie, okay, we're going to get through this. It's going to be a lot of information. It's Some of it's going to suck. But we're going to start with a story. And this is the story of the ideal situation I want you to be in, okay? And then we're going to talk about how you can possibly get to this ideal because you're not there right now. Ooh. Yeah. All right, story time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we had this mentee that came to us. She was like, this is kind of a crisis, but not really. And we were like, say more. Say more. <laughs> yes she's like so they just we just had this all hands meeting i was like oh say less i hate all hands meetings she's like where where the company president announced we were changing directions of the company and like based on what i understand about the change the services that my my job the reason i have a job like my job title is no longer going to be something we offer to our clients and we were like we see the crisis (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're kind of like de facto out of a job at that point. It's, right, not, right. it's not a layoff. It's just like a product and service change. Right. right. But like, you're still, what are you going to do? And she's like, but I realized like they're only using maybe 25% of the things that I can do. And they know that like I can learn things quickly. They, they hired me in the job knowing I couldn't do the thing they hired me to do actually. Right. 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 Like we, we love a good. We love, we love that. that. <laughs> we love that. Green paid, flags for everybody. Paid to learn. Yeah, congratulations. Yes. Which is how we like ended up. Co- we we ended up coaching her into that position. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She's doing a fantastic job. But she's like the thing that made me not nervous in that meeting was the fact that I knew that they knew I could learn quickly. Yeah. So immediately after the all hands, the president came to my desk and was like, "Would you like to talk about this?" And I was like, "Sure." So I I walked in his office and he's like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I'm fine," because I know that like. I'm going to get used wherever you need me to. And I was like, Ooh, I like the confidence which she's saying this. Like I, it's a totally different vibe than like, Oh my fucking hell. Like my job is in jeopardy. And like, I don't know what to do. And like, you know what I mean? Like we've, we've run into him like that before, Yeah. but she was just so smooth about it. She's like, I had no questions other than like, okay, what does this change mean for me? Mm-hmm. And not in a way that like she was going to have to start looking for a job tomorrow, but in a way of like, okay, this is a new challenge. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Wild. Wild. I've never seen anything like it. Honestly, her confidence is kind of contagious. A bit. I was like, oh, can I do that? I know. Like, I love that. (laughs) I love it. Um, It's exactly what we want for you, Annie. Mm. Not that you're not confident, but I think you're confident for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Like, you're asking us how to get an associate. What I want to get you to is, are you doing everything in your job that you could be doing? 
And you talk about this other associate that got brought in to do something with you, but right. on the same level she didn't report to you. That's that's your manager pulling someone in to do your job for you. Right. So what we really want to talk about today is this idea between irreplaceable and indispensable. Like right now, the mindset that I think like there's some language in, in your question that's indicating you might have this mindset is that you're irreplaceable. You're the only person who can do this. You need help. It's a big job. You have to demand help. Yes, exactly. You deserve help. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But there's something in this like coworker that was brought to your team and then got moved off your team really quickly that tells me that ugh, she probably got promoted because she did something better than you did. And that means and that, she was on your level. Yeah, that's the that's the biggest red flag for me. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, she was on your level. She didn't report like she came in to help, honey. She came in to do your job, and then she did it better than you did, and she got promoted, which means that she's indispensable, and you're replaceable. So I think, I I would wager, a lot of money, Annie, that your job's on the line here, and you don't know it yet. Yeah. So instead of how to ask for help again, we're gonna work on how to help you do your job so you don't lose it. If you want bite-sized information about how to get more out of corporate America, follow us on Instagram at askyourworkwife. Annie, we need to take a back step and remind you and everyone else who's listening that there's no such thing as being irreplaceable. Every job is a temp job. Episode 43. Every job is a temp job. Right? Like everyone is replaceable. Y'all are cogs in a very big machine. But what you can do is make yourself indispensable. Yeah. And there's a difference. I love this word so much. It's just like slightly, it's just got that little bit of zhuzh to it Mm. where you're just like, oh, they're valuable in a way that like, it's almost, it's almost unquantifiable. Right. It's almost unnameable. Yeah. You know it, but like you can't exactly tell why. We're going to tell you why. Yeah. <laughs> We've sorted this out for you. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to tell you what it means to be indispensable in terms of our framework from episode 67. If you remember, move two of the three moves framework mm-hmm. is about iterations, about that rat race. It's about bringing meaning to the rat race of everyday corporate America. Direction. Yeah, right? God, geez. Surviving it with your skin intact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Making the most of it, right? Yeah, Getting totally. to that arrival for move three. In that move, in move two iteration, you're thinking about three things. You're thinking about how you relate to yourself. You're thinking about how you relate to others. And you're thinking about how you relate to corporate America. Those are your three spheres of concern within this, within this rat race. Uh-huh. And indispensability is that a word? Yes. <laughs> yes. We're, you know what? Stamp of approval. We're making okay, cool. a word. Indispensability comes from your attention to all three of those spheres mm. of concern. Because you, you know in the self sphere, you have excellence in the work product that's in your job description. Right. Like you can do the job they hired you for, period. You also have excellence in your X factor for that company. You may need to go all the way back to the archives to find episode three about negotiating and what an X factor is and how we define it. But like... When, when you're indispensable, you are excellent in your work product of your job description and in your X factor. Like that X factor is working for you. When it comes to relating to others, if you're indispensable, you know that you have an excellent cultural fit. Yeah. You get along. You can hang. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You would like to spend time with them outside work, right? Mm-hmm. And that you have an excellent team fit. So your immediate team, that means your manager, your coworkers, anyone who's reporting to you, you're humble, you're coachable, and you've built those relationships to make you... An excellent fit. 
you're in a good place where you have you have a mentor outside your vertical. You have champions. You have people that you check in with daily. You have people that want to check in with you daily. Like you're you're doing the most. You're like on the team, both in a work sense and in like a cultural sense. Like yeah. it's just it's just vibing, just vibes only. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And then that last sphere of concern, corporate America itself, indispensable means you have a firm grasp on the state of the company. Mm-hmm. You know what's going on upstairs. You have insight into that. You use that insight to make decisions for yourself. And you're not surprised by anything that comes down the pipeline. Yeah. People people way above you are happy to share information with you because they know that they can you can hold it in confidence and that it's good for them to have an ally who's doing more on the ground work so that the entire team is aligned. And like what this could look like is I think, Holland, you've received this kind of praise in your life. It's hard to believe you've only been here for a few weeks. I can't imagine this team without you. I've I've gotten that <laughs> actual feedback yeah. in a formal review. Yeah, same. I was working for a brand that was a very specific tone and voice and, and whatever. And there were so many people on our internal team who every time they interact with me in a meeting, you know what I mean? <laughs> They're just like, wow, you are this, like you are, and then insert brand name here. It's almost like they were saying like, wow, you are so Apple. And as soon as I say that to you, you have an image of someone in your head. Of what right? that like, means, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's so funny. I've been described as the heart and soul of a brand before. Yes, yes. And I was like, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's really astute. Like yeah. you live and breathe and, and your performance review will be dependent on how you manifest the company yes. values. I've seen that before too. Mm-hmm. I like, this, this is one of those things where like <laughs> your personal life inside the work building should should manifest itself to look like you were born for that role. That's what that's what this like this indispensable feels like. Other people who are like maybe not a quite good fit or their pro- work product isn't quite excellent. It's good. It's working, yeah. right? Maybe they don't have an X factor. The X factor they have isn't relevant to their specific work or like they're not really like involved in the company. Like one of our our CEO of one of the companies I worked for said, I need you, I need all my employees to be a product of the products. Mm. So you need to be using these products in your daily life so that you understand how our consumer consumes them. Mm. And that'll make you a better marketer. And like I think about that all the time. Like, are you a product of the company? Are you a product of their products? Yes or no? Are you actually using the thing you're making? (laughs) And does it make a difference in your life? Yeah. Right? That's being indispensable. And if you wanted to quantify that We'd call you a profitable employee. Yeah. You are the type of employee that is making us money. You're not the one that's in HR's office because every time that you're in HR's office complaining about something wrapped up in some drama, some gossip, that's taking away hours from their time. It's taking away hours from your time working on the product. And then it's all, all the other extraneous shit they have to do. Right. Exactly. You're not the person who's like constantly out of the office. Who's like not getting their work done. Who's, I don't know, like even just kind of bare minimuming it can count as this. Like you're, you're replaceable. They can find somebody who's like better or worse than you within a range and maintain the same level of productivity and profitability across the board. But once you cross that line into that indispensable, that's going to cost them a pretty penny to find someone who is as good as you are. That's exactly right. It's more painful, more expensive. Yes. To find somebody else to replace you than it is to keep you. Yes. Uh, I love indispensable people. Love it. Annie, now that we've like taken a couple more deep breaths, we're going to do something we don't usually do and revisit your question and kind of go line by line and tell you the red flags that we're seeing that, that come across as you, you think you're irreplaceable rather than you are an indispensable employee. So you've been trying to convince your manager 
that well trying to convince is a problem it's a waste of time either yeah it's either a business case or it's not Mm. right Mm. the manager's job is to make sure that their department runs to a profit and loss statement and every single headcount is a loss always that's why you're looking for those indispensable employees who who can make the most money within within that for you in the most pleasant way yeah exactly right (laughs) i want to work with them right since the beginning of last year that's a long time you're not um, half almost. I need an associate to help me manage a giant database. That's the majority of my job. This was the biggest red flag for me, Holland. This managing of the database is Annie's job. And this sentence makes it feel like she's above it. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I don't, Annie, I don't know if you meant to sound like this, but what it sounds like is you think you're above this. You deserve better than this. And you probably, I mean, you probably do. But right now you have to prove excellence in your job description work product. That's base one. Exactly. Well, and the following sentence is too, like she says, it's a lot of nitty gritty detail stuff. I just don't have time for it. It those three strikes. Then, then what you should be doing is working on automation that does this for you. Mm-hmm. Right? Like not an <laughs> associate. Listen, AI, it's a vibe right now. Right? <laughs> Apparently. But like that's, that's, I just don't have time for it. Well, your question for your manager is going to be, what else are you doing? If this is the majority of your job and you don't have time for the majority of your job, whose job are you doing, if any job at all? It's going to be a tough love conversation for your manager. And I think she's trying to avoid it by just kicking this request for an associate down down the lane. She probably got budget for a headcount, which is when that other associate came in to help you. She was a rock star, apparently. Like, yeah, so... The, the six months she's on your level and she didn't report to you. That's my other red flag. Like, mm. oh, they moved her in here to fix a problem. I wouldn't be surprised to find that they like needed a project launched by a certain time and that person could do it. And so they just brought her in, had her do it. And then as soon as it launched, that was enough of like a, like a trial piece for that associate to go off into some other department. I, I bet all the money I have on that, <laughs> that that was the case actually. Right. Oh, it's tough. Yeah, you're stuck managing the whole thing again and trying to ask for help. Like, it's this again that I can't move past. Yeah. And and honestly, if I were to summarize those, you know, what we're talking about here, it's zero self-awareness. Yeah. And it's a huge fucking ego. Mm-hmm. And those go hand in hand, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, it yeah. It sucks, dude. It sucks, Annie. Like, I want you to see what's going on here. If you've been asking for something for a year and a half, you're not getting it. There's a reason. There's a reason. And people are either, they're probably trying to be nice to you by avoiding this, but like, I don't consider that nice. If you, if there's a reason I'm not giving you something as your manager, I'm going to tell you to your face, you're sucking at your fucking job. Right. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to like convince the people above me to not fire you. <laughs> That's how I would manage you in the situation. So I'm sorry that your manager hasn't been forthright with you, but it's time to pick up on the hints. I'm super glad you asked this question um, so that we can like hopefully help you manage and salvage the situation your job annie is to do your job yeah it's to do it with excellence it's to do it in the time that's allotted that's it actually like <laughs> i've got nothing else everything after that is icing on the cake yeah like if it's in your job description and you're one not doing it that's the biggest problem and two if you're not doing it well that's the second biggest problem and only when you're doing it really 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 well can you worry about anything else this is very, very early episode two about one-on-ones. My first question walking into one-on-one is where's my race? <laughs> Unless my work product is shit. And then it's how can I get better at my work product? And that's your only 
That's your only bullet point on that agenda until your manager stops giving you feedback on it. Yep. That's the point at which you know it's getting done well. Annie, it's possible that your manager is incapable of providing you feedback. She's clearly incapable That's what of I'm hearing. speaking to your face. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's exactly what speaking I'm hearing. Speaking the truth. <laughs> okay. Um, now's the time to find a mentor, a yeah. champion, a colleague. Find someone in your, like, honestly, within your nuclear organization that can tell you the functions of this database and why it's important and how to best manage it. Right. right. And then find someone outside that who can give you insight into the pressure on your manager, your department, the state of the company stuff. You're going to have to take all the information we'd normally ask you to get from your manager and source it from three or four different places. Yeah. It's a lot of work for you. On the flip side of that, though, is you're going to do your job better. You're going to be more proactive. Your manager will see that. And lastly, all of this actually, Annie, might give you the information you need to make a business case for the help you might actually Actually need, need. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I don't see, that's not a, that's not a two week solution. No. That's a six to 12 month solution. Because clearly there was something in this other associate that came in, they did something, got it to a certain level. This is what I don't know. Got it to a certain level and then left and you're left to manage the rest of it. They clearly think that this job of managing this database is a one person job and there was some extra help needed for a short amount of time and then they're gone. So you have to prove to them that it's actually a two man job. Right. And you haven't done it yet because it's taken a year and a half. You haven't gotten any help. That's right. That's your job, Annie. I would love for you to like follow up with us on us. Like it's going to suck, but like, I would love for you to like, let us know in six months to a year how it's going. And like, to be very honest with you, maybe database management is not your jam. So this may result in you finding a different job, but you need to know this. Like in high school, I wanted to be a geneticist until I realized that my entire life would be spent looking at test tubes in a fucking lab by myself. I'm like, mm-mm. A little extroverted heart. Not was this like, social butterfly. Yeah, I was like, I was like, the answer is no. <laughs> right? Right. So this may be like a learning experience for you, but I'd want to see you get through the database management first. Just give it the good old college try first. Buckle down. Do it. Do it for six months and just drive yourself to be absolutely the fucking best at it and then see what happens. Because at that moment, what you're going to have is that confidence from our, our mentee at the top of this episode. The confidence to say like, wow, the entire company just took a hard left turn and my job is no longer available actually. But it, I'm, I'm so confident in my skills and my fit and my ability to work with this team that it doesn't matter. They're going to keep me and they're going to find a home for me. That's, that's the level of like mind-blowing like stability I want you to have. But it has to start with this excellence and work product. We do have some words of caution for you. If you always, <laughs> if you, always an asterisk. If you think you're indispensable. I love the way you said that. If you think you're indispensable, <laughs> you should really do a gut check on this. Like if, if you're thinking you're indispensable, I want you to go pause right now, listen to this episode and imagine you as Annie and take our advice. Just double, triple, quadruple check that work product, that X factor. Like how are your relationships with the people on your team around you? Do you understand the state of the business and are you being read into it actively by people above you? Or are you having to beg for that information, right? Those are the the green flags that you actually are indispensable. If you are, we have we do have these like a few tiny asterisks. Yes, exactly. If you're truly indispensable, you always want to keep your eye on episode 18, the elasticity clause. No, that's accurate. Because it, like... <laughs> The thing that I see more often than not is when people are indispensable, they become too indispensable to move out of that mm, position, right? Right. Like my favorite thing you've ever said, Holland, is I'm content but not complacent. Mm-hmm. Like I'm happy to be where I'm at, but like 
I don't want anyone to think I'm going to stay here. Exactly. Like you, you have to have a succession plan. You have to have backfill. You have to like, my cousin once accused me of training myself out of a job because I wanted everyone to know how to do my job. I was like, I don't need to be here because I'm moving up. Yep. We're out and up, right? Exactly. Onward and upward. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't get yourself stuck. Don't be so indispensable that they won't let you move. Right. I reported to a manager who was a manager for 25 years at a company because she was considered too valuable in her position. And that's the killer. Ugh. Too valuable is great. Valuable to the company in any position. Fantastic. Too valuable in her position is a career killer. You'll never get out from underneath that. She was a manager. She had the same exact job. Yeah. She had senior managers reporting to her. Ew. Yes. Gross. I know. Who would come in and like get trained on how to do something and then leave. Ugh. And she had no upward mobility whatsoever. It was awful, 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 awful. She should have been a director. At least like should have at least been a senior manager, director, VP of her department. She couldn't even manage that. We don't want that for you. Uh Uh-uh. Okay. So that's your elasticity warning. Uh, (laughs) Also, you know, in that vein is like having an exit strategy from episode six. You need to be willing and able to walk away if you're not getting what you deserve. And, and then that confidence that comes from like knowing you're indispensable is you can walk into a high stakes conversation and come out the winner. You need to not be an asshole about it, <laughs> but like, but like you can walk into, to like, I mean, let's, let's say a company has decided to change its 401k policy or its pension policy or its vacation policy, whatever the policy is, Right. You can walk into your manager's office or HR's office and say, hi, I'm concerned that my contract is being changed and I'm no longer in agreement with it. So unless we sort out some exception for me on this new policy, I'm going to bounce. And you can confidently say that because you understand the value you bring to that company. It's going to cost them a lot to replace you specifically. That's the confidence and the stability. Oh my God, I keep coming back to those words, but like, it's such just a beautiful feeling. (laughs) Of being truly indispensable. So Annie, you're working on not being replaced right now. Yeah, 100%. Okay. By AI, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. But there is a pathway toward indispensability, but it takes making sure that you're looking within and around you. Those spheres of concern from the rat race, from iteration, to make sure that you know what you're looking at. And you're getting the right information from the right people so that you can make the right decisions for your career and be truly indispensable. Got a question for Ask Your Workwife? Record your question and email the recording to help at askyourworkwife.com. Include your name, your city if you want, and whatever context might be useful for us to know. And don't forget to start with, hey, workwives. Fuck yeah. We're in business. <laughs> Never mind on the testing, testing moment. Just fuck Sorry. yeah, we're in business. <laughs> I, I forgot about testing, testing. Fuck testing. All I need is some red numbers. I love you. All right.